How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongue Style Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject, where essentially uh, I want to talk about uh, something, well, a couple things. One, I just saw the most interesting story today. Actually, I don't even know how it came about on my phone, but my phone, I have, uh, so I have an Android phone, and uh, I have a feature where kind of Google kind of just showcases like random news to me based off of knowing everything about me at this point. Their algorithms know every little detail about me. So they recommend stories clearly that I'm going to read and everything ranging from news to so like nerdy stuff. And there was an article I, I, I thought was fake until I, I like did more research on it. And did you guys know that the actor that plays um, Doctor Strange in the Marvel movies and... Uh, he also is famous for playing Sherlock Holmes in the British TV version of of the show called Sherlock. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, I, one, I, I've always loved him. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he's got a lot of range. I really enjoy a lot of his work that he does. Uh, I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan. And so, of course, I watch everything about Sherlock Holmes. On, like every, I did a podcast, actually, on, on that subject. But... I love Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Strange is literally my second favorite Marvel superhero behind Spider-Man. So Spider-Man, Dr. Strange, and I, I never really had a third. I mean, my third was, mm, I, I would say Deadpool, but I mean like every, everyone's top three is always going to have Deadpool. And I always felt weird about Spider-Man as well because he's normally on people's top three, but Dr. Strange, not really many people knew of him if you weren't a nerd, but if you were a nerd, he was definitely probably in your top three as well. Um, so seeing him play two of my two favorite fictional characters was pretty awesome, but something that I could not believe was in early 2004, um, Benedict Cumberbatch was in South Africa recording uh, for a TV series that he was doing at the time, and... While he was doing that TV series, or one day uh, he was doing like scuba diving training out in South Africa with a couple of his castmates, and they were driving through an area that is known for um, being a very dangerous area. But they were like, "Well, we're just going to drive through it. Nothing's going to happen. We're completely fine." Well, one of their tires popped <laughs> popped in the middle of this dangerous area, and um. They they stopped to the side. They were they were fixing the tire with the spare when all of a sudden, like multiple assailants came onto them, and we're talking about like like militant people, and um they tied him up. Him and his castmates they tied him up and threw him in the back of a vehicle, and they were he doesn't even know to this day like what was going to happen to him. He didn't know if he was going to be killed, if he was going to be um beaten up pretty bad. Uh, held hostage for ransom or raped or any of those four things could together, which is, a, I wouldn't even know what to do in that position. I've been, and I'm going to get into that in a, a little bit, like my own personal story, but um, <laughs> literally, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. I would probably do what he did, but I also, a part of me would also think that if I did, they would probably kill me right there on the spot. Like if you're getting picked up and, and kidnapped uh, out in broad daylight and 
you know, these people are, are hog tying you up and tying you up like uh, in the hostage position where you're like literally on your knees and they have guns to the back of your head. I, I mean, I, the training is um, that you essentially let down your guard or not, you don't let down your guard. You pretend to be submissive. And during that entire time, you're looking for an opportunity of escape. And so you're looking also for an opportunity to catch your assailants by surprise. Um, but you're, you're definitely supposed to not be aggressive. You're supposed to be submissive. You're supposed to get beaten up. You're supposed to be yes manning the entire time. And then the whole thing that's going through your mind is just framing this in the assailant's mind that they, they're, they got another one. They got another weak person and you're, you're giving them that information. You're feeding into that. You're you know, telling them you're scared. You might pee your pants, fake peeing your pants. I mean, honestly, I would pee my pants, but the entire time. I would know that what you need to do is look for the appropriate time period. Be completely aware, super aware of your surroundings, of the the individuals, you know, what they have, what you're capable of doing, what's available to you, what's not available to you. Use all that information and literally do something that you hopefully will never do in your life, uh, which is to put all of that information into a life or death choice where essentially you're going to make a decision whether... um, and the outcome of that choice is literally going to lead into either you escaping and surviving or dying for, for trying. And so you really have to do all this like super fast and be super aware. And, um, but he didn't do any of that. He essentially, he got thrown in the back of a ve- of the trunk of a vehicle and he, um, supposedly from like what his castmate said, they said that he just nonstop kicked at the trunk and was screaming bloody murder, like essentially screaming, 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 like pounding on the trunk, like asking for help, someone to save him, whatever, whatever. For whatever reason, the assailants took him out of the trunk, tossed him on the side of the road, and they waited until some random woman found them and actually took uh, took care of them until they were able to kind of get away. And upon reading that story, I was like, what? I would have never, someone else, if this all turned out completely wrong, someone else could have been playing some of the most, uh, my two favorite characters fictionally. And I don't even know what I would, what would go through my mind. Like my closest situation to this, I was, this has nothing to do with the country. This can happen anywhere. And I've actually had many situations. I've had a couple situations where a gun was pulled on me, either on me or around me, uh, as a threat and that's a, always a scary situation. No, it wasn't because, you know, your, your host here was doing anything illegal. Uh, he was younger living out in Florida and, um, just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, different house parties and, and literally saw some really crazy things, uh, happen. Uh, the one time that it was pulled on me was kind of scary. Um, I, I was at a, house party in Daytona beach. I was probably 22. No, I had to be younger. I was like 19, 19 or 20. Oh, I definitely was younger than 21. And, um, it was just like a, a, a late night house party, whole bunch of different people. I, I would say this place was probably had like well over like 60 people at this house party, big house, big backyard. Um, the girl I was dating at the time was, uh, she was working, but I was hanging out with her, her family or not her family, her brother, 
and his girlfriend and I was kind of waiting for her to get off work and we were just like uh, all drinking and like all socializing and uh, we had like a mutual friend at the time, like a group of friends and I'll never forget like there was an altercation that was going on and um, one of the, the mutual friends in the group went in to kind of stop like with this altercation that was happening uh, people were drunk and I guess he was trying to like stop the altercation. And then I went in, uh, I was tipsy as well. I was young. I was really stupid. And um, I went in to kind of like stop the the situation. I was like, Hey, like, and as I was about to do that, um, one of the guys in the other group pulled out a gun, like literally pulled out a gun and, and pointed it at us. But I felt like it was more in my direction. Um, and was like, you guys better get the hell, like, you know, whatever, like, this isn't, a, like, your problem. And, like, literally the moment I saw the gun, I, like, sobered up immediately. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. And I uh, um, I just remember, like, being, like, super passive and be like, oh, okay, hands up. And I just slowly walked back, turned around. And, I mean, turning around is probably the stupidest thing you could do, honestly. But I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I should have just stepped backwards, backwards, not maintaining eye contact and just kind of looking down, but kind of keeping an eye on like what the guy was doing uh, at waist level is what you probably should do. You shouldn't maintain eye contact either or escalate the situation. But I just kind of turned around and like sped, walked away and like left. A little, I remember getting in my car and leaving. I probably was still like... um that definitely was alcohol in my system, but that didn't even matter to me. Like I just had to get out of that situation. And then another time, um, when was the other time? The other time I was with, uh, this is a kind of a weird situation, but I was, um, this was like a couple years later. And, um, Again, I was like at a bar in Orlando and this was like a, a weird bar to, by like a university and I just, it was like a, a college bar and I was like 21, 22, I think at the time. And this place is just known for violence. Like there's college kids doing stupid stuff. Well, on this specific night, uh, I was there. Essentially, I was with a group of people and again there was like some kind of altercation going on around me and then all of a sudden like one of the people there like pulled out a gun didn't fire it like security immediately was on him i don't know how they got there so quick but um yeah that was like a super scary situation those were like the only two times that i've ever had like a firearm either not like pulled on like towards my direction directly or like being pulled around me uh I've been around firearms for a long time in my life and, and, you know, knock on wood, nothing ever happened. And, and it's, those are obviously scary moments, but I think my scariest moment was actually funny enough when I was living out in Colombia, this before I met my wife, I was living in a beach town on the coast of Colombia called Santa Marta. And, uh, it's, it's a beautiful spot. Some of the most beautiful beaches you'll ever see. Um, not in Santa Marta, but just outside Santa Marta. And, um, I was with a good friend of mine. I'm not going to say names, but we were, uh, smoking weed. Weed is illegal in, in Colombia, uh, especially during that time period. And it started, the law started to get a little bit more relaxed actually after I left. But I, I, I think I've heard recently that they're kind of rolling them back, but <clears throat> I was smoking weed and, 
we were uh, grocery shopping. We were renting a house at the time on the beach. It was great. And so there was a supermarket that was like three blocks from our house. So we were walking to grab some groceries. And um, me and my friend were walking. And as we were walking back to the house, oh, sorry. No, actually, we were on our way to the grocery store. Uh, we were like passing a joint between each other. And all of a sudden, like a couple cops or not, not a couple, two cops on one motorcycle were driving like they were driving towards us on the highway like on the road and we were like walking on the sidewalk on the side of the road and we were like we were smart we weren't like holding the joint like a joint we were holding it like a cigarette and um so like people wouldn't think that we were smoking a joint and we're walking and as we're walking these cops drive by us but they're on our side they drive by us and immediately they do a hard turn and turn on their sirens. And I'm like looking at my friend and I'm like, oh shit, we're, <laughs> we're in trouble, man. <clears throat> like, like immediately when we heard the sound, we, we threw away the joint and we kept walking. We pretend like it wasn't towards us. And, um, as we're, as we're walking, these, these cops stop right behind us and, they, and they're talking to Spanish. My friend only speaks English. I, I talk Spanish. They stop right behind us and they tell us, you know, put your hands up in the air, blah, 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 blah like the police thing. Um, and immediately like we, uh, we do what they ask of us and it's dark, by the way, it's getting dark. Like we left again, this place was just three blocks from our house. And so, uh, it was, it's starting to sun down. It was starting to get dark. As we were leaving, we were planning on being back like as it was starting to get like really dark. And these cops stop us on the side of the road and they start asking us like, hey, where's the joint? Where's the marijuana? And we're like, we don't even know what you guys are talking about. And they were like, we can smell it on you guys. And then like one of the cops came up and like started like smelling my hand. I was like, you're not allowed to do that. He's like, where's the marijuana? You know, that's illegal here in Colombia. And I'm talking in Spanish and he knows what my friend is definitely not from Colombia and he's like, who's your friend? Huh? You should tell him that uh, for doing something like this, we can have him kicked out of the country. And uh, we can have all of you and your friends like kicked out of the country, including you. And I show him like my, my Colombian passport. And I was like, you know, I'm Colombian and I'm just showing my friend around and we're going to go to the supermarket, whatever, whatever. These cops were like <laughs> super shady, like. One was playing good cop. The other one was playing like really, really bad cop. And the bad cop came up to us and he was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we don't even need a warrant here in Colombia. What is enough reason for us to come to your house and, and look inside and we know we're going to find stuff there. So you better, how much money do you guys have? And I was like, oh God, here we go. It's, it's all up to the money. And, and the worst thing too was just before we, just before that encounter, I had withdrawn a considerable amount of money out of the uh, ATM uh, because like over there at that period of time when I was living up there, not everyone accepted card. And so you needed to have cash on you, but I didn't like taking just small bits of cash out at a time. I, I like to just take out a good amount and just, and there was an ATM like right by our, our place. So I would just take it out and then go home straight, straight home every single time. But on this day I felt like super confident that nothing was going to happen. I, you know, we've been doing this plenty of times and just, it happened to be on this day that I had a good amount of money on me, probably like $400 in us dollars on me, which is a lot in Colombian money. And 
uh, these cops were like, how much money do you have? I was like, how much money are you looking for? And they were like, how much is in your wallet? I was like, how much money are you looking for in Spanish? I kept saying that in Spanish. And they were like, they, then one of them, he didn't pull out his gun. So I, I didn't add it to the story, but he, uh, he started to put his hand like toward his side and like as an act of aggression, then told us like, you guys need to walk down this alley right here. And there was like a, a side street and it was like such a shady side street, like one that I would walk past, but never walk down. And I was like, I'm not walking down there. And he was like, you guys need to walk down there now. And just the, the situation, it seemed like it was going to get like pretty bad. And so we, I, like, I remember I, like at that point I'm older now, like I'm going to de-escalate the situation at this point. I was like, okay, we'll walk down there. We started walking down there. And at this point, the way these cops do it is they, they park the motorcycle and they block off the road and they, they stop any kind of cars coming down this side road. So it's such a small side road. I don't think anyone was ever going to be leaving there. Barely any lights. It's, it's really dark outside now. There's like one like street light and it's a yellow light. Really shitty scene. And um, he comes, the, the good cop comes up to us and says, look, you better pay us whatever's in your wallet or things are going to get pretty ugly really fast. My friend, you don't want to mess with him. And like when he, when that guy came up to us and told us that I was just like, fuck man, this is not even worth it. I like, I opened my wallet. I was like, here it is everything we have. And he went to my friend. He was like, your wallet too. He was like, what else do you guys have? And luckily we didn't have anything else, but just whatever was in the wallet. And they were like, you guys better make sure you never, they were like, we know where you guys are, are staying. Even though they didn't, they, uh, they just like, I pointed in a direction, but they claimed that they knew where we were staying. They were like, if you guys cause any more problems, <laughs> we're always watching you guys. And like when he said that, I was just like, F this dude. Like we went straight to, went straight back home, didn't grocery shop, stayed indoors and like literally didn't leave the house for like a day and a half. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, um, thank God I didn't have anything like identifying like where we lived. And then lo and behold, uh, uh, like a week later, um, those same two cops like started harassing because my brother was living with us at the time. My brother didn't have anything on him, but just like a pack of cigarettes. And they stopped him and, and like frisked him hard. And they were like looking for stuff off of him. And then I ended up talking to some locals and they were telling me that, uh, yeah, there's like this like group of shitty cops that all their job is just to intimidate people. But they were telling us, like, you don't need to worry about them doing anything. They're just trying to scare people and, and, and just take advantage of the position that they're in. But they've never done anything. I was like, what? Based off of, like, what I just happened to us. And, like, I was telling them the story. And they were like, yeah, they they wouldn't do anything. There's nothing to worry about. I was like, dude, I don't know. That situation we were in, definitely. And my friend was scared shitless. And my friend's a tough guy. Like, he's a super tough guy. And he was, like scared like this was like a super scary moment for him and so when he was feeling scared i was feeling i was like dude if he's feeling it then i i definitely need to feel it and yeah it was just that was like the worst situation like nowhere near benedict cumberpatch's situation i would never even categorize it in in the same category but still a very um a situation that most people don't want to go through again we were doing something bad, happened to be uh, harassed by like a really shitty 
police officers and it was just all like and it was late at night when you're not really supposed to be going out in areas that you don't you're not very familiar with and, and we weren't and so literally like, we did everything in the book that you're not supposed to do and so we got really lucky honestly it could have been worse i've heard of many stories of other people that have traveled all over the world where they tested their luck in different areas and and worse things happened to them and so <clears throat> what happened to me was not as bad so and like i wouldn't i don't want to i hate when people take out of this like this story like oh my god colombia is dangerous no it's not like i lived out there for a long time it's a beautiful country and anytime someone says that it's always the the silliest thing it's that's not the case but you know my story is that that did happen and so it was definitely a stressful situation but you don't have anything to worry about as long as you don't ever do this that kind of stuff most people wouldn't even be visiting the areas that we were in to be honest so Either way, though, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast, and I'll catch you guys all manana. Peace.